No, no, you don't have to. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no, all right. Um, okay. No, he just doesn't want you to block him. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, so, so uh, last week was really a postscript to, to Nittle week. What's the problem? You're not comfortable with you? What's the problem? Last week was a postscript to, to Nittle. I just wanted to start off with a post postscript. I, I, I told some people that already, but I, I, a few months ago I saw in the news that Ukraine announced that this year they're not going to celebrate Xmas Eve at the time that the, Russian, that the Russian church celebrates it. Normally Ukraine celebrates on the schedule with Russia, and they announced this year that you know, due to current events, they're not celebrating uh, you know, Xmas Eve together with the Russians on the eve of the 7th of January. Now, I saw this week in the news that Putin announced a temporary ceasefire for the eve of the 6th going into the 7th, so that Russian soldiers who are on the border with the Ukrainians don't have to be fighting the night of Xmas Eve. So they were being noyeg nittel perfectly properly in a foxhole with some vodka and some chess. I don't think there's much else going on there. So they, they had the minig mamash down back. The Ukrainians kept it. They announced they weren't going to, earlier months ago they said, I don't know what they, what they so just the post postscript. Okay, what's the problem? I'm asking? <laughs> in any case, so we spent some time discussing the, the origins and history of, of, uh, of Yeshu and Nittel and Christianity. So I just wanted to talk about now a little bit more the, the halachic elements of how we look at the, the religion of Christianity and some of the grace enough communities that come up from that. Now, I'm going to focus specifically, I'm going to try to focus mostly on the Isser of Shavua, which has a lot of interesting, um, actually like uh, real stories that happen connected to it that I want to highlight. But let's just, let's just get there first. We have to just first set the background. So the, the Rambam, the famous Rambam in the beginning of Hilchaz Avedizara explains how Avedizara came to the world. Right? So the Rambam says, Mitchila, everybody understood that there was a Baira and HaKadosh Baruch created the world. And, and Loy Levad, it was Roy Lavid, right? The Rambam says everybody understood that over time, he says, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is distant and you can't interact with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, Ke'echad al-Chaveiroi. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also to Shluchim that, that run the world, Kilu Teva, the sun, the moon, the stars, rain, etc. So over time, people began to associate with specific facets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga of the Olam and turn those things into Avedizara. That's it. It's a, it's a long Rambam, but a but very wordy Rambam. But that's what the Rambam Pachos Yeshua says, is the Ishtashlis of how the Zara came to be. Now, it broke down to the point where every person, or every tribe, every clan, had their own <coughs> personal Havay Zara that they believed in, that did whatever they thought an Havay Zara could do. Now, I, I told someone that uh, when I was, in, I, was, I was in Rome a few years ago, so in the Colosseum, there's, the Colosseum is where they had all the gladiators, had their battles. Now... The, the survival rate of a gladiator in the Colosseum was very, very low. Most people didn't survive. So the personal effects of a lot of the gladiators are still there. So they had a room in the Colosseum, like an Avedizara room, where all these gladiators, like personal little getchka that they brought with them on their final trip to have their battles are there on display. And you walk in there and there's like tens, maybe hundreds of Lerizek, Lerizek, Lerizek. Every Avedizara is independent, is different. They look different, they're made out of different materials. Different people worship them. Literally hundreds and hundreds of different Avedizaras presented that each person had that was personal to him, which is the Avedizara the way we traditionally think of Avedizara. You know, 
uh, uh, like like we may, like we say in Halal and like we say we mock it, meaning it's a silly thing. How you talking that a piece of rock, a piece of stone, a piece of whatever could 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 actually affect you know your reality? That's the Zara that we traditionally think of. Now, the second uh, kilu branch of Avedizara is within the monotheistic religions, meaning Christians and Muslims, like Jews, believe in one God. We believe there's one Hashem, He's the God of everything, that's how they believe. Now, now, Christians have something that's called the Trinity, right? They believe that Yeshu, God, and the Holy Spirit together create like a, three things together, and three things together are the God. So it's a strange, it's a strange difference from regular Hilchus because they're not believing in a different Koyach. They still believe it's the same Hashem Echad that we believe in. And of us, they believe in it Peshituf. They believe in it together with other things. They believe in Hashem, the, the Hashem that we're, that we're davening to that we believe in, which is where they come from, that's the Makar. They also added that Yeshu and the Holy Spirit, whatever that is, and that's a grace of Machlikis amongst them, are also Chalakim of HaKadosh Baruch So they believe in Avedizar Peshituf. They believe in Hashem with other Shutfim Ta'Kadosh Baruch So the question is, is believing in Avedizar Bashitov called believing in Avedizar? Is believing in Avedizar, believing in Akadish Baruch that just has Shutvim, also called Avedizar, just like it's called Avedizar, to believe that a rock is your God, or to believe that a piece of wood is your God? Now, for, for Jews, it's very simple. It's the second Nani Mamin. We say Nani Mamins. Um, who says Nani Mamins every day? The second Nani Mamin is. Uh, that's the word, exactly. The loy levade roy lavid. Only loy levade. We don't. We we have it mamish in the in the second nani mamim. The Rambam pirush mishnayis. The Rambam nochas avedizara. The Rambam reads the many times clearly. For a yid, it's really an open and shut case. There's not a havamina that a person could be over avedizara b'shitav, and it's not called avedizara. Now, incidentally, there's an interesting gemara that that would make us possibly rethink that. There's a gemara in Sanhedrin that Samach Gimel Medalif that says as follows. The gemara says. Um, by by Klai Yisrael in the Midbar, Klai Yisrael says after they do the after they create the Egel, Klai Yisrael says Elu Elekech Yisrael. These are Elekech Yisrael. Now Elu is an inclusive term. Elu sounds like like we're not denying the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim and Hakadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself by Harsinai is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We're saying Elu Elekech Yisrael. There's additional Elekech Yisrael. The Egel is also Elekech Yisrael. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin, it's an Agadat the Gemara. It's not a Halacha Gemara, but the Gemara comments and it says as follows: Amar of Anybody who is mishtatif shem shemayim v'davracher nekar min oilam gets uprooted from the world. Shenemer builti la Hashem levade only takadash baruch you could serve nothing else. That's what Rishim Benichai says. So the Gemara here brings down this machlekes tanoim between Rav Yochanan and Rishim Benichai if. If saying shituf uh, is a milo or a chesarim, meaning because the first Mandamar says ilmale that they said elu alekach yisrael, ilmale that they were inclusive and they still stuck with Hakadosh Baruch Hu even while they were being over other 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 avodizaros, they would have been a They would have been totally destroyed because to do avodizara for real, klayis would have no tekuma. But to do avodizara as a you know halfway where they still stuck with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, but they also included other 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 gods, that was less. Uh, Less of a pagam in, in, in their Munat HaKadosh That's the first Mandam. The second Mandam, Rishim Benichai comes and says, No, someone who's Ayyub Meshatev Shem Shemayim V'davarachar, someone who includes Shem Shemayim V'davarachar, Nekem and he gets uprooted from the world. So now there are, there are Achrayim Hormidaik that by Avedizara itself, it doesn't say 
that a person's Eved Avedizar Nekem and Eilam. It would sound like from Shimon Yichai almost that Avedizar Bashitov is worse off. Not only is it not better, it's worse off. And the Achrenim explained, because if a person is an Eved Avedizar, it means he has no color of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He doesn't recognize a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So the fact that he's Eved Eitz Ve'Evan, it's not as Apagam. He's obviously not a very sophisticated person. But if a person is Makar Kaddish Baruch Hu and is Eved Kaddish Baruch Hu and still he's Moisif, oh, but also this little limestone that I have that I carved out is also in charge of rain. So that's a much bigger pagam in, in, in your Amun and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So there are Achayinu Mamaz B'Shem and Yichayik that the other Achayinu Mamaz B'Shem differently, but B'chalif and Shia, the Gemara seems to say Amanda Amar, it's an Agad the Gemara, it's not a Lahalacha, it's an Agad the Gemara, but the Gemara seems to bring Amanda Amar that holds that Avadzar B'Shitov is not as substantial. Claudius Rokilu was able to survive through the eagle because it was only B'Shitov. Now, so, so Lemaisa Ladina, it's Kapaskant in the Rambam and Shochan Aruch, that a Yid is not allowed to believe in Avadzar, even B'Shitov, that's the Allah. Now the question is, what about a guy? Is it Avedizara for a guy? Kaidua, one of the Shev Mitzvot in Enoyach is Avedizara. Goyim are also Muzer not to believe in an Avedizara. What about a guy who believes? That? And Hashem, together with other things, in, in Hilchas Shev Mitzvot in Enoyach, is that also considered uh, you know, Avedizara to believe in Peshitav? Now, we'll talk a little bit about the Shittas in a second, but the way this, the Shailah that presents, the way this usually this comes up, is very negated that Shailah is follows. Let's say in a case, where you have a Yid and a guy who are Shutfim in something. They have a business together. Now this is not Senegay Bismanazeh, because this is not how courts are done anymore. But for a long time, this is how courts were done. That, that if, if you had a dispute, the way in, in Halacha it is, you'd make a Shvua. Now imagine you were living in a Christian country, you know, five, six hundred years ago, and you had a partner with a guy, your partnership with a guy, and something goes wrong. You, you hold in front of court, and the Dian, you say he owes you, he says that you owe him, says the judge, no problem. We'll take out a relic. We'll take out a piece of a bone of Saint Bartholomew or whatever the Chavitz, the Nikita's Chavitz, the Gdush that they had. Every town had their own and every church had their own. And it was a piece of a bone, a piece of a casket, a piece of a hat, a piece of other. We'll take the Nikita's Chavitz. We'll take a, a Heilige item. You'll put your hand on it and you'll say, even though I'm holding on to this uh, holy relic, I promise that so-and-so owes me. Now, so question number one would be, would, would a Yid be allowed to take a chafetz of a, of a, of a, Christian, a Christian religious relic and make a shvua and say, Benikita's chafetz, I make a shvua that you owe me money. Is that called being mashbiyan of Zara? And the flip side would be, let's say, could you be machai of a guy to make that shvua? The only way the guy is going to is, is be able to get out of paying you money, get out of you know, his obligations, is by proving that he's being honest by making a shvua. Are you able to be machai of the guy to make a shvua? Benikita's chafetz. He's going to take the bone or the cloth or the gartel. And he's going to make a shvua, you're allowed to force him to do that. So now, the Gemara in Bavli has a few times where the Gemara mentions something about this. The Gemara brings Avu the Shmuel, Amar Avu the Shmuel. Avu the Shmuel says, a person, you're not allowed to have a shutras with a guy. Avu the Shmuel says, why? Because you might come to have a fight with him and you're going to force him to make a shvua. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara in Bavli doesn't talk about him forcing you to make a shvua. The Gemara in Bavli talks about you're going to force him to make a shvua. Now, so in the Mechilta, there's like a little bit of like a a cleaner delivery of this drasha, the Mechilta brings the Pasik. The Mechilta says, um, The Pasik in Shemais and the end of Mishpatim says, A person shouldn't mention other gods. It should not be heard on your mouth. Now, Zakta Mechilta, That Yisrael shouldn't make a shvua on the gods of a guy. They shouldn't make a shvua on their gods to you. 
And that means the through your mouth is causing somebody else to make the shvur. Now, so the Mechilta says that they're both Asr. And, and we'll see in a second the grace of Mechilta Shainan. I just want to digress for a second to the part of a Jew, because that's the first part. I just, uh, I came across uh, uh, something, I think, uh, an, interesting, an interesting historical tidbit that Mamash has to do with this Isser of a Yid making a shvur. I don't know if the is familiar. In Prague, there's a bridge called the Charles Bridge. It, it brings from like the old city of Prague to the castle. It's like a big bridge. And on it, there are, I think, 13 or 16 statues on each side of the, of the bridge. Like, it's an ancient bridge. It's like, you know, many arches. The bridge was built maybe for the first time, like in the 1400s. It got destroyed, built again. It's an old, old bridge. And it has many statues, like 13 statues of different... It's all Christian iconography. You know, different saints, different whatever on, this, on the perimeter of the bridge. Now... One of the most strange statues on the Charles Bridge is there's a picture of, of Yashka standing on top of a pile of books, holding a cross in his hand, and then framed on top of him in gold lettering, you know, like an arch in gold lettering. It says in Hebrew, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, gold lettering, Kadesh, 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 Hashem Tzivakis, Yudke Vavke, Hashem Tzivakis. In, in Hebrew lettering around, the, around Yashka. It's a super bizarre statue. I don't think there's any others like it. Now, now, Kaddish, 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 we know is Yechaskel in the Maise Merkava uses those words to describe the Shvachim that the Pamalya Shamala says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like the ultimate Shvach that the Malachim in the Pamalya Shamala are telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, the Christians obviously co-opted Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish to mean Trinity, to mean the three Chalakim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kaddish, 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 every Chilek of God is Hashem, Kaddish, 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 Hashem Tzavakis, all adds up to Hashem Tzavakis. Now, but you don't find any other statues where they use these words. It's not a very central word, and it's very uncommon to find it. Now, for years, everybody passed by, there was no, there was no Havana. So they developed a myth. If you would take a, pra- a tour in Prague, a place uh, 40 years ago, and the tour guide would take you across the Charles Bridge, and you'd stop, and you'd say, what's the Masi Porbe, you know, statue as that? So the story that they would tell you is as follows. That there was a wooden statue of Yashka on the bridge, holding the, the cross, and there was a Jewish guy who was passing by, and either he spit at it, or he knocked it down, or he mocked the worshippers who were standing outside of it, and uh, they caught him, and in their great benevolence, they didn't kill him for trying to break the statue. Instead, they gave him a knas, and they made him, uh, from the whole kiila, 2,000 gold coins, 2,000 florins, so that he could put together enough gold to, to have inscribed on it, Kaddish, 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 Hashem Tzavakis, and Yud Kei so that no Jew passing by would ever mock it again, because now there's, there's a Shem Hashem, Shem Havai is on it, in, in, in old splendor and gold, how are you going to spit it, how are you going to mock it? So in order to prevent, uh, you know, obnoxious Jews from mocking the statue of Yeshu at, uh, on the Charles Bridge, they had this Jew put Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. Now, in, uh, I forgot exactly what year, there's a guy, he's, he's actually a reform rabbi, I don't think he's orthodox, Rabbi Ronald uh, Brown. He went on like a high school class trip to Prague in the, maybe the 70s, he saw this statue there, and he was very, very disturbed. And he started writing a letter campaign to this one, to that one, reaching out. He's trying very hard to figure out what the bottom, get to the bottom of it, change it. It's a bazillion for Yidin. It's a terrible uh, desecration of the Shem Shemayim. Now, it took him 30 years, Barak, to get the job done. He, he's, a, he's a rabbi in Temple Bethel in Merrick, Merrick, Merrick Long Island, local, a local uh, reform or conservative rabbi. He put together a huge maracha letter campaign to get this, this statue changed. Biz himself, he got a meeting with the mayor of Prague in, in the late 90s. I wrote his name down, Mayor Jan Kassel. 
is the mayor of Prague at that time, and they had a whole dion back and forth. Should they leave it? Should they take it down? Is it a bazillion? It's not a bazillion. And the mayor decided that we don't chepper with history. If there's a statue that's standing for a few hundred years, you don't chepper with history. But as a concession to the, to the campaign of, of Rabbi Ronald Brown, he said, we're going to put a plaque at the foot of the statue that's going to tell the story. Now, so then they started researching. So what taka was the story? Was the story that someone spit? Was the story, let's, let's figure out what taka So they did research. And turns out the story was as follows. There was a Jew, his name was Elias Bakafin. That's whose name we have. Because they ended up finding a Jewish scholar, actually your aunt, ended up finding uh, a book of the prosecutor's documents from the mid-1600s and 1700s, like a book of prosecutor documents, like record-keeping from the courts. And they found that there was a Jew, Elias Bakafin, who got into a, a sikhsukh in business with his Jewish partner. And they went to court, and it got passed up to the appeals court, and at some high level in court, his Jewish partner, who never should have done this, tried to compel him to make a shvua benikitas chayfetz. Jews amongst themselves would never, never used to compel each other to make a shvua in a Christian artifact. They would deal with it with the rules of the, you know, whatever the rules that the judge said, but they wouldn't compel each other to make a shvua. At some point, the tradition broke down and the guy's partner tried to force them to make a shvua of Benikitas Chayfetz that he's correct. And uh, Elias Bakafin, who we know very little about besides for this, um, he was taken aback. Of course not. I'll never make a shvua in, in Benikitas Chayfetz. And the judge says, what's, what's wrong with uh, St. Bartholomew's uh, toe bone? Well, that's not halig to you? And he says, I talk him to make... A, a, a Christian artifact and, and, and shita, I would never. And the judge says, if you're not going to make a shvuah, then the judge, you know, like contempt of court. If you're not going to make a shvuah, you know, if you're not going to be over on Alikim Acherim Saskiru and make a shvuah, I'm going to fine you X amount, and there the stories come back together. I'm going to fine you 2,000 florins, and we're going to make you uh, dedicate a Christian statue with Hebrew lettering. And Kachave, he had to go around and collect from the whole community. It was a crazy amount of money. And they put up these Kaddish, 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 Shem Tzavakis in gold. It's genuine gold lettering on the, on, the, on the cross. Now, it's actual real gold and it was valuable, so some of the letters were stolen. The Nazis actually took away the letters of the Yudke Vavke during the war. And when they were replaced after the war, the Aleph is backwards. Like now, there's like another anomaly and one of the Vavs is missing and someone stole it. But... Meaning the, the, for the bulk, you could, you could see this. The statue still sits. It's there in gold on the thing. And on the plaque, they put three plaques, one in Czech, one in Hebrew, and one in English. And where they said, this is a mascaras of the gross mistreatment of Jews in Christian Europe due to the, the, the unfair persecution of Elias Bakafin in 1696 in his case in Prague. And because of that, this is here. And we're putting this here so you should know. And there was a big unveiling. The American ambassador came. 40 rabbis came. It was like a Gansa, Marach, in the year 2000. They had a big unveiling for the, for the bronze like, uh, pl- placards at the bottom that explained the story of, of the statue in Prague. Now, to me, it's just uh, ultimately what this is, is, is a mascaras of Jews being shamur in a lekemacherim leisaskiru. Meaning, yes, it's a bazayin. You have Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish on the statue. But if you look at it you know, another way, Ultimately, it's a mascaras of a Jew who we know nothing about. was probably a simple Jew, a regular Jew, being willing to sacrifice it all for the sister of Elikim Acherim Leisaskiru, even Beshitov, to not, to not be mashbia on a, on a, on a, a shvua, on, a, on Nikita Zachefetz, was, was what he was willing to sacrifice for. Now, um, yeah, so it's still there. You could uh, go take a look. Go take a look. The statue's there. Now, 
Now that's the, the, the easier side of the coin. That's the side of the coin that discusses if Goyim are Metsuv and Beshitav. If Yidin if are allowed to make a Shavu with something Beshitav. And that's the much more you know, conclusive side that of course a Yid, Shitav, no Shitav, it's a way desire from it doesn't matter if the Shitav or there's no Shitav. Now the question is, let's flip to the other side. Let's go to the other side of the coin. What about a non-Jew? Is it, is it considered of a desire for a non-Jew to make a shvuah on shitov? Now, in the nafkamina would be the opposite side, where you have a Gayesha partner, and you want to compel him to make a shvuah to settle a dispute. So now this is a grace of in, in the... So first of all, there, there's a, a grace of machlikis in the achreinim, if shitov is even considered of a or not. Rabbi Yaakov Amdin in Maruk Tzia and in Shailas Yaivitz, points something out. It's an interesting way of... Amongst many other kashas, he points out that if she, the, the man, the Amar and the Gemara that says that cheat of his mamash so chamer is Rav Shem Ben Yichai. Rav Shem Ben Yichai says that kolam shatav shem shemayim v'davar achar nekar men oilim. He's in Gantzen uprooted from the world, which gives an implication that it's much more chamer. So frek the, the Yavitz, if that means at face value, if Rav Shem Ben Yichai means at face value, that in Hilchas Havet Dezar Shitov is much more chamer, so then how come Klai was able to recover after the Egel? The Egel was a case of Shitov. The Egel Klai we said Elu Elikach Yisrael, Klai Yisrael was Meshatev, Shem Shemayim V'davarach, and still we see that they weren't Nekam in Elu. Klai Yisrael existed and we had a Kiyom. So he says, Elamai, you can't understand Shem Benichai's words at face value. Muzduch Zayin, it means some sort of Agadita, some sort of different meaning, it doesn't mean this. He has a Raya from the Torah like this, he has other Raya's, that, that be, Mele says to Yerach Yandam, maybe for a Yid, it's like a lower level of Avedi meaning there's Avedi Zara, primary Avedi being Avedi Stam, some random thing. And then there's low level of Avedi being Avedi Zara B'shitav. But to say that we pass him like Avshem Benichai and he means a Kepshutai, that Avedi Zara B'shitav is way worse, that can't be. We have clear riots that that can't be. So Zakti Vyavka, and then for a guy, it wouldn't be Aser to Mishat Avedi Zara B'shitav. And so say, so say many other Achreinim, and there is many Achreinim that hold like that. Now, of course, there are many Rishonim and Achreinim, Gedele Rishonim and Achreinim that say the opposite. The Rambam, primary among them, the Rambam says the Hedya, the Christianity, even for a guy, is considered Avedi I'll read you a little bit. The Rambam, um, the Rambam has a letter called the Geras Teimon, where, where basically the, the Kehillah and Teimon had someone who came and announced that he was Mashiach, and it led to major messes, they had all sorts of persecutions, and the Hamayin Am in Teimon no longer knew like where they stood. What was the, like how are they supposed to look at everything? So the Rambam wrote a letter, it's a famous letter we have, it called the Geras Teimon, where he writes to them, like all the Yisaydei Adas, and in Parak Aleph, he describes how Klai Yisrael have Yiddishkeit, and then he continues on to the other religions. He says, kata cheres. But there was another kat that was Nishadish. It made our life miserable. And he says, this is the, the kat that believes in Yeshu. And what they believed, he says, that there's two alternates. There's the Torah that we have. Yeah, the Shem we have, the Torah we have. They believe in all that also. But they added a second alternate track, you know, a new track with a new thing. Their intention was to just create, you know, doubt and suffolk. Because these, the New Testament and the Old Testament, these two terrorists are the opposite of each other. And the only way to make sense of it is if you believe their doctrine to somehow stim the whole thing of it. So once they convince you that they're both authentic and they're both accurate, then you're forced to get on board with their whole train and that, that's, that's a problem. But and the says it's a great chak that they had. He tries to kill you by gufa accommodating you, by taking you into him, he tries to kill you. And he continues, and he's marich about it, and he says, this is Avedizara, 
And even though it's Peshitah, they're being Mishtatif, you know, theirs and ours, that's Avayt Zara. And from there he continues on to Islam, where Islam, the Ramam says, is not Avayt Zara. So the Ramam is clear amongst the Yishayim, he says very clearly, that Shitaf even for a Goy Zaser. And that's how the Ramam Paskins in Avayt Zara as well, and many other Yishayim. Now, there's a Rambam, there's a, there's a Ramah that, that, that leads to a lot of, you know, Kilo back and forth, how the Ramah held. The Ramah in Urchayim, in Simon Kufnun Vav, is the, is the halacha of daily business. After davening and benching comes the halachas of daily business. So the Ramah and Simukufnun Vav and the halachas of daily business, the Machaber says that a person should not, uh, the Machaber passes like a with the Shmuel, says the Machaber, a person should not have a shutris with the guy because you might come to make him make a shvur. As the Machaber says, the Ramah, no. Says the Ramah says, we hold like Rabbeinu Tam, that uh, a guy making a shvur is not really Asr because a shvur, the shituf, the shem shemayim, is not really Asr. That's what the Ramah says. So from there, many Achernim came to understand that the Ramah Shita is, like the Yaivitz, that Shita for a guy is not considered Aved Zara. Now, many, many Achernim, primarily the Nedibihuda, the Kveger, the Chsim Seifer, all the Gedele Achernim all say that this is a, a Tais, it's a false reading of the Ramah. The Ramah doesn't mean to say that, uh, that Aved Zara, Bishita, is not considered Aved Zara. They say the Ramah is coming from a source. So let's just talk where the Ramah is coming from. <coughs> Taisvis, in Sanhedrin and in Bukhairis, Rabbi Natam says many times that Bizman Hazeh, since it's only Nakit Sachifet. They're not really saying a shvua in the Shem Shemayim. They take like an object that's supposed to remind them of the Shem Shemayim. Va'oid, you're only causing them to make a shvua b'shitav. You're not actually making a shvua b'shitav. Says the Rebbein because of those two reasons, it's not asr for a yid to have a business with a guy. Meaning it's too far-fetched. The, the isr that's going to come is too diluted and too far-fetched. So to the point where we say it's not asr for a yid to have a business with a guy. So say all the G'dal Yachrenim, what the Ramah is referring to is Yenashitas Rabbeinu Tam, that says that a person is allowed to because it's, there's too many dilutions and far-fetched in order for it to be Asr. So say the Yachrenim, Avada the Ramah held that Shitav is Asr, and to make Kampalagoy to make a Shvua would Avada be Asr. Now, it, incidentally, there's a, there's a Ri. Now the Ri is Rabbeinu Tam's nephew, and his, Rabbeinu Tam is his Talmud Movik. The Ri is the most uh, mentioned Baltasis and Taisvis, right? I think I saw somewhere 3,600 times. The Ri is mentioned in Taisvis. And amongst those 3,600 times, there's very few machliks and ladina between the Ri and Rabbeinu Tam. The Ri doesn't argue with halachot Rabbeinu Tam a lot. They argue a ton and how to learn a Gemara, a Teretz Dakasha. There, there's a ton of machliks. But ladina, the Ri was a Talmud Rabbeinu Tam and he was very kaf of him. He didn't argue with Rabbeinu Tam a lot in halacha. In this halacha, where the Rabbeinu Tam says that it's mutter to compel a guy to make a shvu of the Ri is quoted in many different svarim as asering. It's a strange thing, and it's a very practical Allah so that probably came up a lot of times in, you know, in, their, society, in their society. And the Ri is Shtar Khalik and Tam. It's an interesting like, anomaly that the Ri would be Khalik and Tam in a halacha like this. So it's brought down in Sefer Ha'ira, a version, it's a, in a version of Sefer Ha'ira, which is a. Uh, you know, Tam says that, that you could make a shvu or just you could go into a shutfus. You could just go into a shutfus. No, Tam says you can make a shvu. The Ramah says you could go into a shutfus. The Rabbeinu Tam says you can make him make a shvur. Ramah says, yeah, to make a guy make a shvur, b'shitov, and menikit z'chevetz, he has two svaras, is not considered tzokhamu. And the Achorinim was saying that Rabbeinu, the Ramah is coming off that Rabbeinu Tam and is being, is being machmar on the core shayla of shitov, but is being makel on shutfus because of Rabbeinu Tam. That's what the, that's what the, the Gnadi Behuda and the Chassam Seif and Rabbeinu say in the, in the Ramah. If you can have a shutfus? Or the Ramah? Or if Either way, it's water, right? No, so the Rebbe, yeah, so the case specific. According to Rebbe Tam, if the, guy, if, the, if the society would be, you have to get up and you say, in the name of God one, God two, and God three, I make a shvua, that would be us according to Rebbe Tam. According to Rebbe 
to, to the Yavits, that wouldn't be Asr, because that's not considered, you know, exactly. Sheet of his Be'etzim, not of Itzar. Now, the, what do you say? He says, Rabbana may be fine. So the Riyaz Chaylik, which is an anomaly, and there's a, a crazy story that, that in all of the Svarim that bring down the Riyaz, many of them, are, they, it's like attached with the story. It seems like the Riyaz Minig was to be make it like his uncle, the Ramal, like his Rabbi Movik, like his uncle, the Rabbi Natam, like his Rabbi Movik, that a person can make a Vidar of Shitav. Until one time a story came to him as follows. It was a guy in a who was shot him in something, and they came to court, and the guy came to ask, okay, let's say the Ri, could I compel the guy to make a shvua that he doesn't owe me money? The case was, the guy said, the Yid uh, sold the guy something on credit, the guy said, I already paid, the Yid said, Ladam, I never got the money, you owe me 100 coins. They go to court. So the, the Shaila came for the Rav, the Yid wants to know, could I compel the guy to make a shvua that he paid me already? And then, okay, then, then it is what it is. They go to court and the halachas, yeah, because in that place, in Atam and the Rashbam and other Rishonim are mekel, the Peshitav, it's not a problem to compel a guy to make a shvua. So now, what happens? The guy comes in and he comes in with a walking stick. And uh, the walking stick is hollow. And in the walking stick is the hundred coins that he owes this yid. He comes into court and they have the court case. And when the judge says, could you make a shvua with Nikita's chayfetz, that you don't owe the money, the guy says, but it's, it's a big dover chamer for me and I want to, here, could, Pastor, could you hold my... Hold my stick for a second. Okay, now he takes the, the, the Nikita Zachavitz and he says, yeah, b'shvua on this bone that I gave the hundred, the hundred coins to, to the Meich of the Yid and I don't owe it to him. And uh, okay, fine, you don't owe it. He takes the stick back, he walks out. Now that's not the crazy part of the story. Now what happens? Two days later, this guy falls ill, a terrible sickness out of the blue, a young, healthy guy out of the blue falls ill and within a week he's dead and that's it. And... And so his wife comes out and she says, Mistama, uh, because of this trick that he did, he told me he was going to do this trick and he messed around with, with uh, you know, with a shvu. He didn't take a shvu so seriously. That's what happens to him. He, he died. And the Yid, who was his baldin in this court case, was so taken aback by the fact that there was like instant punishment. Like the guy didn't make a shvu properly and he drops dead. He was so taken aback that he became a Meshumit. He converted and became a Christian. This is brought down in many svarim from the Rishayim. He converted and became a Christian. He said, so I can, now I know which Hashem is real. That Hashem is mamish like Al-Asar. You mess with it and it's over. You're done. So he converted. So said the Ri, in the shadow of this story, you see that even Rabbi Tam said it, it's diluted and it's far-fetched that real problems could come out of you know, you see that there are other elements that we maybe are not even included in the core Shiloh that could lead to great problems. And therefore the Ri was machmer. Not to have a Shutus with the guy ever. And the Ramah takes the Shvil Azav, he takes like a Pshara in the middle. The Ramah says, I'm not going to be as Machmer as the Ri, that you can't have a Shotvis with a guy, passing like a Vudu Shmuel, but I'm not going to be as Mekel as the Ri and the and the Rajbam, that you can make a Shvul Bashitov. So the Ramah is right somewhere in the middle. So now, these are just two uh, very interesting stories of Shem Hashem Alekechalay Saskiru, a Yid making a Shvul Bashitov, and the Chaymer of that, and Alekim Acherim Alekim Alpicha, which is the guy making a Shvul Bashitov and the Chaymer of that. Um, okay, I think with this we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the sugya of Nitul and Avi Dzara, and we'll move on to something else. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 It's similar. It's very similar.